it's the promise of like right message, like right, right message, right person, right time. Meaningful segmentation is what gets you there. These tools are, are what get you there. They're not all created equally. <laughs> and, and we do have an opinion on this matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forget the Funnel podcast, where our goal is to help you as a SaaS leader finally stop guessing, understand your best customers, and drive more predictable recurring revenue. We're Gia and Claire, founders of Forget the Funnel, a product marketing and growth consultancy that helps SaaS businesses learn from their best customers, map and measure their experiences, and unlock their best levers for growth. So if you're looking to help your team make smarter decisions, this show is for you. We are wanting to pull apart the nuances between ICP versus persona versus jobs to be done. And I don't know, would you say kind of share how we think about those different tools, share how we think they can be valuable or when you use one versus another, or why even have these in the first place? Why even spend the time on coming up with them? I borderline am convinced that like only marketers care about this, but I know that that's actually not true because customer segmentation is one of those topics that is always popular, always like important and prioritized because everybody inherently understands that segmentation, you need customer segmentation, meaningful customer segmentation in order to be successful in any way, shape or form. So while I my temptation is to be like, this is too nerdy. I have to remind myself that like, actually it is like, it's pretty business critical. If, if we, you know, if we acknowledge that, you know, discussing the nitty gritty differences between those tools, persona, ICP, jobs to be done. If we agree that that is very nerdy and very in the weeds, but we zoom out to the like executive decision-making level, I think some of the, the, questions we're trying to provide answers to in this discussion are things like, what do I actually need to equip my team with, right? Like, how does one of those tools help us more than the other or in a different situation? Like, what kind of important, uh, excuse me, what kind of information is it really important for our team, for my team to have? And like, what is just jargon that we can set aside and not waste our time on? Yay? Nay? <laughs> yes, totally. And also just make better decisions and run more efficiently and effectively too, right? Like a lot of segmentation, meaningful segmentation in the way that we're going to talk about really helps improve efficiencies because it improves conversion rates. It helps you be so much more relevant in context. It's the it's the promise of like right message, like right right message, right person, right time meaningful segmentation is what gets you there. These tools are, are what get you there. They're not all created equally. <laughs> and, and we do have an opinion on this matter. But one thing that I think is probably important to say up front is that like, this isn't a zero sum game. It, we're not like saying, you know, that like jobs to be done is like the holy grail and personas are bad or that ICP isn't important or things like that, or, or customer segment. One tool is better than the other. They all have their uses they all have their value to provide a additionally at the at the end of the day these are just words and really what matters is your team like you just said it's your team's understanding of what these mean internally so not everybody has the same definition of icp i mean the acronym ideal customer profile is generally agreed on but what does ideal customer profile mean from one company to another greatly differs. And I am, I have been sort of realizing this through just in thinking about this topic in prep for this recording, 
realizing that like there are a lot of differing opinions about what these things mean. So we're going to do our best to sort of encapsulate what these different terms mean and how they're valuable and useful, how they play together. And in and hopefully also, like you just mentioned, Claire, like weed out some of the stuff that might you might be safe to ignore or not focus as much on or not try to solve for because then you're running thin across the board and that's not useful. What you mentioned about the understanding of what an ICP is differing from one company to another, I think is like, we should probably start by sharing how we define each of these segmentation tools, right? So that, you know, anyone listening is along for the ride with the definition that, that you and I have in mind. And then we can talk about how do those different segmentation tools equip your team? Like, when do you use one versus another? When is one safe to ignore versus critical? I think that's probably the most helpful way to talk about like, what is an ICP? What is a persona? What is jobs to be done? And notably, there is a higher level like segmentation that we're not talking about today. And maybe because it's a little bit higher level, but just like legit customer segments. And we won't, we won't get into too many details on that, but just to touch on that for a second, it is possible that your company has multiple customer segments. And what I mean by customer segments, when I say it in that way, is like, you might have a company who has a, a customer segment that is, should I, maybe I'll use SparkToro as an example, or yeah, I'll just use SparkToro. So SparkToro has a solution for in-house marketing teams and, and brands, so to speak. So like companies that have the use of SparkToro as an, as a audience research tool. And then they also have service providers or agencies that use SparkToro for their clients. Unbounce was in a similar situation, solo brands, in-house teams versus agencies that use for multiple clients. And they use the product in slightly different ways. So they are legitimately like, they have legitimately have two customer segments, small businesses versus medium-sized businesses versus enterprise. And so those are like the meaningful customer segmentations that they sort of start with. And then we get into ICP, personas and jobs to be done. I can fairly easily speak to the the line between personas slash ICPs versus jobs to be done. But I'm curious, how do you define, like, where do you draw the line between ICP and persona? Because that one to me, like those feel so similar to the point of being potentially interchangeable. I don't think so. I think that ICP is, and again, you know, I, I don't want to throw too many like caveats in here, but I, everybody's got a different definition. But in general, I think of ideal customer profile and ICPs as higher level. They're more sort of, you know, company size, industry revenue numbers. It's sort of, it's a bigger segment, a larger segment, and then personas and jobs be done can fit inside of that. So personas, I think more along the lines of like the different buyers that you may, you know, cater to. Personas are individuals. Yeah. Each person on the buying committee, for example. That's right. Persona, personas are individuals. ICPs are like the, more on the company profile side of things. So, you know, loosely, ICPs is more a tool that like sales would use. Personas is more a tool historically that that marketing would use. And I say historically, very intentionally. And that's where the that's where the line is between ICPs plus personas as a tool versus 
understanding the jobs that your customers hire your product for, which is a, which is psychographic information. What is the, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the question that like Bob Mesta always asks. And then like you and I have, have borrowed many times um, when he's talking with someone who's in a decision-making role about whether or not, like when that person is deciding, do we need to run research to understand our customers' jobs? And, And he asks, well, do you know what happened the day that your ideal customer woke up and said, today is the day I need to buy a new X. And typically, you know, someone at the C-suite level is like, no. (laughs) Or like, we have some theories or maybe we can intuit it, but it's not written down. It's not something we've operationalized. It's not something that I could ask the team and expect perfect responses to. Knowing that information, going back to like, right person, right org size, and then right message, right message, you can really only accomplish if you understand the struggle that pushes your your best customer to fire or or consider firing whatever their current solution is or their old way, seek out new solutions and choose yours. So like the way that I think about it, developing like developing relevant content. And when I say content, I mean a very broad umbrella of maybe relevant customer experiences is a, is a better word. Develop developing relevant customer experiences has to has to include understanding the jobs to be done that your customers hire your solution for and potentially even choosing which of those jobs is a priority for you and your organization to target. What's the nuance between the customer research that people who use personas do versus the customer research that that a marketing team or a product team for that matter are using customer uh, jobs to be done? There are there are two different like examples or like there's there's two different things that I want to borrow from the real world. <laughs> One is a shout out to a friend of ours, Torsten Herman, who is a marketing and growth consultant specifically within the German market. So Torsten, Torsten made the point in a conversation recently that understanding a customer's job to be done is all about understanding the context they're in that, that influences how they make a decision. So the example he gave was like a persona might be a financial controller within a particular industry, like you said, organization size, blah, 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 blah. Someone with the title financial controller in one buying decision might optimize for highest level of security, highest level of support, like might choose to purchase a more expensive solution because the value of that, that expense is worth it. In another buying decision, that same person with the same job title may choose to optimize for the cheapest solution because it's a different context. It's a different product in, in, you know, their, their suite of, of things they're buying. And I think it's the value of doing jobs research is really understanding the context that people are in when they choose your solution. This is a, this is a, to like switch to a consumer example. It's like asking someone like, which do you like better? Like, do you, do you like pizza or do you like a steak dinner? Which is really ridiculous and like outdated and like I'm a vegetarian, so I'm never going to pick steak dinner. But um, it's, it's like, well, what's the context? Are like, is it Friday night and my, like my family's exhausted and we just need something really cheap? Or is it like, is it a nice occasion? And I'm taking a, you know, a client up to dinner. Like I, I may choose both of those in very different contexts. So understanding the context people are in when they choose your solution is the value of doing that jobs research. And once you know that context, you can, all of that persona research, you can do so much more with it. 
so if anyone like if you if someone listened to our most recent episode where we talked about landscaping.io the like business management software for landscaping businesses there were i want to say three different jobs to be done that landscaping business owners hired their solution for one was people who were upgrading from like no real business solution to need to realizing they needed a better way so they're moving over from paper they're moving over from like not really tracking their profitability at all to realizing, oh my God, I can track my profitability. Like that's one context someone could be in. Another context someone could be in is switching from just really clunky, hard to use, hard to get the information, business management tools over to something simpler and faster and like less less mental load for them to, to, to leverage. So those are people switching from competitors or people who are like Excel wizards who realize like Excel is just not cutting it anymore to a, a dedicated solution. And then the most sophisticated context that some of their customers are in are people who've already got uh, like kind of the finance management and, and like the numbers in place, but the rest of their back office is just a total mess. So they need to streamline so many other elements of business management. And the way, like the persona of each of those is is the same is, is landscaping business owner. Yeah. Like, but how you speak to each of those people and the element of the product that you show each of them is entirely different. So the persona research is still valid. The CEO of landscaping.io right now is out at key trade shows that their persona always attends and is doing demos and making deals. But now that he knows and actually, I want to asterisk that because usually the founding team intuitively knows this, but intuition does not scale. Intuition does not turn into an effective team. The persona research that leads him to you know, attending these trade shows only goes so far. Being able to then say, hey, people usually come to landscaping.io for one of three reasons. You're starting from scratch. You need to switch away from something that's way too hard to use, or you're ready to get the rest of your back office in shape. Like, where are you at? then he can totally tailor the, the demo conversation to what that person needs in that moment. I think that might be the slogan for this episode is like the early state, like the early team's intuition does not scale. <laughs> and this actually calls back to a previous episode of ours as well, where you, where it's you saying like, so I AB tested my, my headline <laughs> and nothing changed. And you're like, well, cause you didn't know what to say. Yeah. You were just making up what you were intuiting. Well, what, I don't know what's it maybe that person maybe the person who ab tested and didn't see any results you know they may they went to an ab testing headline generator and they were like this is my product give me two headlines <laughs> yeah exactly but not knowing what to say i think is is the really important thing here so i was trying to when when sort of preparing for this i was like all right in what situation is icp use like the most useful tool and in what situation is persona the most useful tool and jobs, I feel like we've talked about that, that, but the, the exercise that I ran through was like, in what situation could, you know, a team rely on ICP to make decisions about the business. And I was trying to force myself to think through the pot, like the, the use cases you would actually like really want to use. So ad targeting. Absolutely. If you can target your ads based on ICP, like that's, Table stakes, do not pass go. You definitely need to have 
ICP understanding for any sort of ad targeting or like outbound and even for qualifying inbound as well. There are a lot of tools that make ICP data the, you know, what you could use for qualifying inbound in whatever way, shape or form, right? Like if you, if you wanted to qualify every like sales demo that you ran, you could use ICP data to filter out the bad fits. Ideally, you're also finding out like more jobs focused information about them as well. Like, you know, what's your biggest challenge right now or what led you to get in touch or, you know, something about who knows, there's a lot of other things you could use, but definitely qualification ICP start there. I started thinking also about like, in what case would you want to use ICP for like content strategy or channel strategy or like product decisions and things like that. And I think for content strategy and channel strategy, you could use ICP to give you a sort of directional understanding of where to go, but you'd have no idea what to say. So the landscaping.io example is perfect. Like going to trade shows because that's where his you know persona or ICP hangs out. The one thing that we haven't talked about, about like the right message at the right time, knowing what to say, we haven't talked about when to say it. And uh, my aha moment with jobs to be done was that it was persona is great for figuring out like people out in the market who have this problem and a a high level demographic and even, you know, general behavioral sort of understanding of what our customers are trying to accomplish. But what jobs to be done did for me was, and this was my like, oh shit, (laughs) these things totally connect, was like, oh fuck, jobs to be done is going to give me that like full, that long view of this customer, because not only does it give me their starting point, not only does it give me what they're looking for, but it also gives me what they're ultimately trying to accomplish. And that just like, that unpacked the whole customer experience, you know, for me. And so that gives you, that's like the trifecta, right? Like right message to the right person at the right time. I don't know that you can do those things. I don't know that you can get all three of those Actually, you can't get all three of those by just relying on ICP or just relying on persona. It, it, that is not going to give you, but it, that's not the, t- the tool for the job. The tool for the job there is genuinely jobs to be done. I feel the need to reiterate here. If you take away nothing from this episode, take away the fact that like founder intuition or early team intuition doesn't scale. That whole concept of right person, right message, right time. Teams that are very close to their customers, so a founder or a set of co-founders or, you know, the, the first early days team, they can, they can kind of luck their way there. They can intuit their way to right person, right message, right time. And I'll share an example of that. If you take nothing from this episode, but one thing, take away that that intuition, that early, early team or that, that founder intuition does not scale. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to name them publicly because I think they will be okay with it. And they are just the most delightful team to work with. But Attune is a company we're working with right now. They are financial health measuring software for credit unions. So credit unions have a, often have a mandated need to report on their members' financial health and prove that over time they are making a positive impact on their members' financial health. So Attune helps them do that. It helps them gather the financial health data of their members, and it helps them report on that. Okay, so finance tool for credit unions. Andy, the founder, is 
deeply embedded in the credit union industry. He's been in fintech for a very long time. He he knows his he knows the ICP in and out. He knows the persona in and out. Like so fundamentally connected to these people that he's got that ability to just adapt every sales call based on that intuition because of that long, long, long history in the industry and in, in, in the fintech world. Attune is now at this point where they've they've got like their first healthy set of customers. They are like approaching their they're very close to their first, you know, big financial milestone. But Andy can't stop doing the sales calls right now because nobody else has that level of intuition to just like make it work. And so we came on board to help the Attune team uncover what the jobs to be done are that bring credit unions to their product. And we found four. One job to be done really speaks more to like the enterprise market that they know they aren't super well set up to serve right now. Like that's where they want it. That's that's where where they will go eventually. But right now it's not who they can best serve. So that one's on the back burner for now. They have one great major enterprise credit union. Fantastic. But they're not going to target more of those folks yet. One represents teeny tiny little like more regional credit union. Lovely. Like they are very emotionally in tune with this particular customer, but it's not the most financially viable option. And so then we have two jobs to be done that the mid-market hires them for. And the, the the team very quickly was like, oh yeah, obviously it's these. These are these are the the jobs we're best set up to help people solve. And these are the credit unions that will get us to our next big milestone with the product we currently have. So for, first of all, understanding those jobs has helped the team realize like who is a who is best qualified to be a potential customer when they come through the front door, which is major. And then two, now that we know those two jobs to be done that <clears throat> credit unions hire a tune for, we've been able to map what the the motivation of each job is to particular areas of the product that that drive value. And that has totally unlocked something both for Andy as an individual, but also for the team. Because now the team, anyone on the team, can we're actually going to be working on this in the coming weeks and months, reworking how their sales calls run so that instead of the sales call experience being Andy showing up and and like again, like instinctively being able to navigate the conversation, any team member can show up and say, Hey, so great to meet you, to talk you a little bit, like to to give you a little bit of a peek into what a tune is all about. There's like four, you know, problems or there's three or four problems we usually help credit unions solve. Problem one, problem two, problem three, problem four. Which of these sounds most like where you're at right now? And based on which job to be done, somebody has come to the product for, now anyone else on the team can say, awesome. Okay, knowing you're in that situation, here's the areas of the product that are going to be most valuable to you right now. Like this this uncovering of those jobs is going to help the Attune team scale from Andy as sales to other people being able to run sales calls so that Andy can get back to executive level work, building more partnerships, like doing more speaking, showing up in the places where their persona hangs out and and Andy no longer is going to have to be the bottleneck to getting all of those people through the demo blah, blah, blah process. Shout out Attune. You're reminding me of, well, just the value of Jobs to be done for scalable customer experiences, particularly in a product-led environment as well. And so actually, this is how this topic came up at all. So our first episode was with Tara Robertson, the CMO at Bitly. And 
very product-led, very low touch for the majority of their customer segments. They do have an enterprise segment that they use product-led sales with, and that's a bit of a, a different situation. But for their lower touch, and everybody starts as, as low touch, it is product-led, the understanding of the parts of the product that deliver value and that their customers really care about when they're first signing up for the product is the insight that is leveraged for building scalable product experiences. So how do you build out customer onboarding programs? How do you build out you know, your product tours and your product onboarding, let alone the email sequences that you send and things like that? And so making decisions, not only about what to say on your website, but what to say as you're introducing your solution to somebody with a particular problem. And this is, I'm literally quoting Tara here, like, I don't know how you would do that without jobs. Like you're literally guessing if you don't understand. So much more obvious when you do know them. That's right. So, and I, and I love that. And her exact, her exact quote is like, I don't know how you would do that in a product led company without having jobs to be done. Like, and that is actually what sparked the recording of this episode when somebody commented like, Hey, can you all speak to ICP persona jobs to be done and the relationship between them all? And that's probably my favorite use case. And that's why I had that aha moment between like a away from a more persona led approach to marketing to a more jobs to be done approach to marketing, thinking about marketing as holistic post acquisition, right? Like onboarding, even like customer marketing and expansion and things like that. Like all of that opens up. I'm just so grateful for jobs to be done as a tool to do all of that because of that whole like piecemeal approach that you would have to take if you didn't have that holistic view. I was really just going to try to kind of like cap it off with some different language. Fundamentally, the point is the same. You know, I was waxing poetic earlier about, you know, early founder intuition, not scaling. But at the other end of the spectrum, if efficiency is the name of the game for you right now, you know, maybe we're not talking about scaling a team, but actually pairing back where you need to cut expenses. Yes. Yes. In both cases, you really can't afford not to understand the the different segments you serve and the jobs to be done that your customers hire you for, regardless of which case you're in. The, like these are the tools that are going to help your team get there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was a good sum up. And that's it for this episode of the Forget the Funnel podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions about the topics we covered, don't hesitate to contact Claire or I on LinkedIn. And you can also visit our website at forgetthefunnel.com. This is still a new podcast for us. So ratings, reviews, and subscriptions in your podcast platform of choice make a huge difference. See you next time.